0: And it's in a top Campana, and again. No question about it, I am ready to get hurt again.
1: Welcome everyone to episode number 23 of Battered Herons. I am your host, Daniel Granada, alongside my co-host, Christian Duran. How you doing, Chris?
0: Hey, Well, we're back, back in front of you guys, so we're ready to rock and roll. I'm ready. Remember, not everybody
1: not everybody watches this on YouTube, so nobody has an idea of what you just did to the camera, sir.
0: Well, if they want to see, they can check us out on YouTube. Go throw us That's a good. subscription. If not, broken is... knees again. I...
1: I like it. All right, so we're back. Like we said last week, we're going to start reviewing this past season, right? A successful season, I think. I think we can both agree that we felt it was more or less successful. Yes. And um, we're going to start breaking it down. What we thought. Uh, I know you, we had a disagreement as to how we wanted to break this down, and we'll have a quick discussion about that. But yeah. before we get into that, I did want to cover right before we got going where we came from. Right? We this is our third season, year number three, and obviously the most successful one. Now, and you would
0: know, and you would know better for sure because this is my first season experiencing this team. So, I mean, you you started from the ground up with this team. Oh as yeah, well. yeah. I,
1: I, look. The day that they put tickets on sale was at 10 a.m. I think it was a Tuesday, and I was at work, and I made sure that I cleared my schedule. So I was in my office, 10 a.m. By 10.01, maybe 10.02, I already had my season tickets. Like, oh, I've phenomenal. been dying for this. So I've been in it, in it, and, I, you know, it was hard because the pandemic hit a couple of days before our first home game, and, you know, yeah. that's, that's a, a story all in itself. But 2020, we uh, made the play-in, right, because they they expanded the, the playoffs – that season, we ended up, what, 7-13-3, so obviously not a good record. We were 10th in the conference, but we made the play in anyway. but we got Maliwa by Nashville 3-0. So it's
0: like and, by default, by default, we got it. I mean,
1: yeah, I mean, you still had to be in the 10th. Like You couldn't be last, Yeah. although yeah. you were basically almost last, but you're going to be last, and then we lost. Uh, we, our leading scorer was Lewis Morgan, which I still miss, but he was our leading scorer with five goals. So it, it, obviously it was an underwhelming first season but with the circumstances we were averaging like 2000 people per, per game when they finally I mean if you actually I think those numbers are off because there was nobody at the games at some point yeah. and then there was limited capacity so I don't even worry about that I'm not even going to talk about the capacity or the The whole. guy
0: behind mm-hmm. you was at the games. But yes. If, if anybody is <laughs> yes. watching on YouTube yes. That guy with those two kids he were was at sitting the games. in my
1: seat. You were sitting in my seat for, for the majority of the season, um. So that's what that was the first season, and then obviously the following season was a little rougher. It was the first season with Phil Neville. Um, we got sanctioned that year because we had signed the year before four DPs, even though we tried to categorize Blaze Matweedy as not a DP, even though he was getting paid like one. And then those sanctions, uh, what were the sanctions? They see they penalized us two million dollars. And then they got they uh, penalized us two million dollars in allocation money. So obviously we didn't have as much money to work with. Also when signing players. And that but guy played like four lot. and
0: a half games too. I mean, come on. This no, guy's going around passing popcorn to people on the Instagram. worst
1: like, thing about those sanctions is that we had four DPS and three of them were trash. And Iguain at the time wasn't all that great either. So it, it, it's not only you're getting penalized for. As they called it, cheating, but we didn't even cheat well.
0: We so, didn't even see the fruits of our labor in our exactly, cheating.
1: Exactly, exactly. So that I think that's the worst part. Nice. But we hired Chris Henderson, and he worked magic. We had 18 new players onto the team this year, and here we are, a full season in. We made the playoffs. Wasn't the best ending. Ended in a playoff stadium. Iguain retired, but a fresh start coming in and i think it's a whole new perspective what do you think chris
0: well it's for sure a whole new perspective and we talked a little bit about those those dp clowns right i mean like i told you this guy out of all the dps blaze Matwidi. i guess his name just stands out more just because of its obscurity and in terms of how different it is but i mean i remember you told me earlier in the season that this guy is like the ambassador like if he's like a a rolling mascot but you know wide. what? He
1: did he did more for us as an ambassador than Pellegrini ever did ever like ever. Uh, Pellegrini, look, you're new to Inter Miami., yeah. Have you ever heard that name before I just mentioned it? No. That guy was a complete waste. and it's unfortunate because I remember when we first signed him and I was like, okay, that's an interesting choice for DP. Um, never heard of him, but I had high hopes. Of course. completely horrible. As soon as we got sanctioned, we had to get rid of one of our DPS. Sent him away, and it's just—it's been rough since.
0: Well, and like I said, with Matuidi, when you told me he's the ambassador, I said, "Wow." So now we got this rolling mascot worldwide, (laughs) just taking vacations, just saying, "Hey, watch into Miami, whatever it is." Like, what? Get out of here, man. So I, I could see the frustration for sure coming from the fans, coming from like yourself. I mean, finally we hit we hit one with, with Iguain this year. You know, I mean it wasn't the whole season, but I mean hey, you know, one out of four, it's not bad. <laughs> one out of four <laughs> is pretty
1: bad. And especially one since he almost suffered bad.
0: a devastating injury to his kneecaps.
1: Oh yeah. So we're gonna get to that comeback player again. Well yeah. I'm not even gonna address that. So I know that you did a lot of little we like uh, reflecting on this past season, yes. and we were kind of discussing how we wanted to break this up. You said you wanted to break it up into thirds. I think it's into two halves, but it's really because you and I differ in the importance of players and situations. Because to me, Pozuelo was this season. Like to me, the season can be broken up into BP before Pozuelo and AP after Pozuelo, but you saw it a little different.
0: Well, look, I agree with you in the sense of that it should be BP and AP before Pozuelo and after Pozuelo. Completely agree. I think that the after Pozuelo, for sure, is its own sort of category, right? Right. That's, that's for sure just sticking separately. But uh-huh. for me, what stood out is that that first half without Pozuelo, those first five games to me, and, and and I was telling you over the time that we've been sort of kind of doing our research, looking into things, I've been watching every game and the highlights, and I watched the first five games, and it was misery at its purest. Mm-hmm. I mean, the defense was terrible. They had different people playing all over the place. I mean, I saw names playing in the first four or five games that I haven't seen since.
1: Like okay. Noah Allen?
0: Nah, well, it, it kind of, sort of, I guess. But, <laughs> that, okay, there's one game where Noah Allen did really bad, which I'm not going to just harp on certain games, but there was a game where Noah Allen did really poorly on defense. And uh, and I think that's where McVeigh sort of showed, like, his stuff. And then he took over that, that left-back position, which, by the way, even after that, Gibbs and McVeigh were always swapping for that position. So, but, again, I'm not even talking about him. I'm talking about players, you know, like, I think I saw Georgia Costa at some point. Ascona got on the field. Um, There's a a, a defender. I forgot what his name is. Uh, Jeez, the the name escapes me. But regardless, there were people that were getting on the field that I haven't seen since the first sort of couple games. And I feel like those first couple games should be, like, in a category of itself because – Those first five games to me, Phil Neville, I can guarantee you, was completely shitting his pants. Completely. I think,
1: I think it was in some ways, it was strategic not to lose but to experiment. Like, at some point, like last season, it was a bad year, it was the first year he took over, and he took over in January when a lot of the roster moves were already made. Yeah, he didn't really get to choose his team this season when it started. He had a whole like 18 new players. That's a lot of new bodies in that yes, in that locker is. room. Yeah. And then he he had a time to kind of formulate what he wanted to try out. And he came in and he experimented the first five games. He probably spent experimented longer than that, but that's why you saw Noah Allen, the very first game of the year. Noah Allen was starting. Like he was yes. experimenting and eventually he found a formula that he felt worked. Yes. And It changed, it changed. I mean, the first five games were a completely different story from the next 10, let's say, or 15.
0: Of course. And, I I mean, I saw people like Quinteros. That's the name that escaped me. Frey also saw the field. You know, Jovan Jones, he's sort of been, like, on and off in terms of, like, his play. Uh, Not just his play, just specifically, but his presence on the field has also been on and off. You know, the midfield, from what I've seen, has always sort of stayed true to the core other than the wing spot. Um, but again, to me, what stood out was the beginning part of the season. After that, you sprinkle in a, a, a three-game winning streak. Then you got two games losing, two games tying, then two games winning, a loss, a win, a tie, a loss. Like, it's, it's, it's very different after those five games. And mind you, one of those five games were the ass kicking that we took from Austin, which was 5-1, and that was an abomination if I've ever seen one my whole life.
1: I was looking at their record, and if if I'm not mistaken, Pozuelo debuted game number 20.
0: Yeah, I that? see
1: that. Game number 20 uh, against Charlotte, where he won that game. Before that, they played 19 games. If you eliminate into thirds, like you said, you had the first five games, which is four losses and a tie. So between yeah. game number six and game number 20, when Posuelo made his debut, they went six, five, and two. That's 11 games.
0: Yeah, so, uh, that's 13. You just named 13 games right there.
1: So I'm off on my math. So,
0: Well, but that's fairly just, close. I mean... But
1: so but they, they were obviously performing better. They weren't where they were Decent, at the end of the year, of but course. they were a more middle of the pack team than they were at the end of the year where they were just they were outright winning almost every week and playing like a playoff team.
0: Well, and if you think about it, they start, the, 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 the trajectory actually was pretty balanced, right? You started off really low, first five games, four losses and a tie. Then you sort of take a, a projection where you're sort of living in the mediocre land. And then you take off the after Rosuelo effect and boom, you just soar. I mean, not soar. You're not going undefeated or anything like that. But you're soaring and you're getting so much better, so significantly better that you can be able to sense and see the the, the change in the culture. I mean, I mean, that's another thing before posuelo after posuelo the perfect thing to talk about with that is wing play versus middle of the field play right you could basically tell that before posuelo it was all wing work but then after posuelo came in that's when phil neville said we got to work the middle yeah and so that's where you could see the trend for sure take a huge spike but i mean like I said, you see that there's some sort of improvement throughout the season from the beginning. But those five games were just dreadful, dude. I mean, I don't
1: know. No, like you said, it, and it almost lives on its own because it, it's – if because it happened right at the beginning of the season and it was yeah. so rough to watch, you almost feel like it didn't even happen. Like, oh, my God. I, 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 the only reason that it's, it's such a, a vivid memory in my head is because – and I've told this story before on here. I felt so bad. Convincing you to get season tickets. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, I just convinced this guy to spend a bunch of money to get season tickets just to come watch the worst team in MLS. Because after game number five, we were literally the worst team in MLS. We only had yeah. one point through five games. Yeah. So it, it was rough. But eventually we got Pozuelo. And, the, food and the, the, the food was decent enough. The food was decent. Before Pozuelo showed up, though, Iguain was still lost. Up until that point he had 3 goals the whole yeah. year, no assists. But that opened the the opportunity for Campana to come and shine. Yeah. Which I think if if Iguain doesn't have those struggles, maybe Campana doesn't have that chance to, to kind of come out there and shine the way he did. You're so right. I, I th- that was a positive in this in this season. So we had those two sections of the season. Now, the latter part of the season, I think Pozuelo's effect Changed, like you said, the whole team around, the whole dynamic around. Yeah. Do you see this season as coming in with, with all the new players, the sanctions, everything? Do you see this season as a success, even though we only made it to the first round of the playoffs?
0: I mean, look, it's like I said in in our other podcasts. I, I believe that this season was a success. You know, that we didn't really have – I don't want to say we didn't have plans because, I mean, every team plans to – make the playoffs and, and excel, but nobody really counted this team in. Nobody Nobody. counted them. Nobody counted them in to be winners, to be playoff contenders. You know, uh, to me, if you're talking about a team that wasn't counted for in terms of competing for a playoff, uh, a a position, then just getting to the playoffs, to me, it, it it screams success. I mean, obviously, you'd want to play out victory. You'd want to advance further in the playoffs. But I mean, if we're talking about taking the right steps, we're definitely taking them. That's for sure, without a shadow of a doubt.
1: One thing that I think goes um, unnoticed or at least unspoken about a lot is Mota's improvement. Because I know Mota ended up playing a lot better towards the end of the year. But I, I personally thought Mota was having a really first, a rough first half of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't think that he was very productive offensively. And defensively, I thought he looked a little lost also. The way that he became an outlet for the center backs and for yes. the goalie calendar, it, I I felt I don't know if it, it had to do with the fact that they were building up the middle so much more. But I think that Mota became one of the top five best players on the team towards the end of the season. Which, in the beginning of the season, I was okay with them benching him. At some point, I was kind of like, just have Bryce Duke out there instead of Mota and stop putting Bryce Duke out on the wing, because, and move Gregory as the holding midfield. Because I was upset with with how bad Mota was playing, but I think that he improved a lot, and I'm I'm kind of glad that we have him and Gregory as pillars in our midfield for the next couple years.
0: Well, and Mota, one thing that I learned in in watching all of the games is that you started to see that he actually put more of a force. In terms of his offensive production, he started producing a little bit more and being a little bit more reliable offensively. And you know that he's a pretty good player on defense, just like Gregory is. But the fact that he can be able to strike it from distance and, and strike yeah, he's some not fear. To do it. Yeah, he first or oh, for sure he's not scared to do it. He's totally about that life. But mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is, is that when he strikes the ball, like he's putting fear in these guys' hearts. Like, he's making these goalies, you know, uh, poo-poo in their their panties.
1: I I, I don't know if he strikes fear because, I mean, how many of those did he convert this year?
0: He converted a couple, but they look scary, dude. I mean, he's (laughs) full-blown blasting Karate Kid Part 1, blasting these kicks.
1: We have both Gregory and Mota until the end of 2024. Yes. So we have them on the contract for the next two years. So I feel like we have a nice core there. In our, in our defensive midfield with Gregory and, and Mota yeah um, is there anything else you want to talk about with this upcoming season or can we get on to the awards
0: Well I mean if you don't season? if you don't want to talk about some of the agreements and the contracts who would want to keep uh, I mean we can be able to sort of touch on that either now or, or next episode but I, I want to get to the awards I want to give right. out some fake some fake battered hair on trophies.
1: Go ahead. All right, so we're going to start with the most obvious one that everybody talks about, and it is the MVP. Now, Inter-Miami came out, and they officially said Iguain was the team MVP. Now, I see, I, see, I know, I know. I mean, so, of course. Who is your team MVP for, Inter, for Inter-Miami, for sir?
0: I think that I can speak for both of us by saying that without a shadow of a doubt, the Pozuelo effect was the one thing that turned this whole thing around. And if I agree, and if we're talking about most valuable player, you can't get any more valuable than you single-handedly as a player turning around a team's production. And so, and not just
1: the production, the formation, the the way in which you're playing. Yes, you you lit a fire under your stars' ass. Like everything circulated around Pozuelo once he came.
0: Yeah, and I mean, and you're ch- like you said, you're changing strategies, you're changing approaches, you're changing mindsets that have already been sort of cemented and developed throughout the season. You come in and it's like, okay, we got to stop what we're doing. We've got this guy Pozuelo, and we need to make it happen for this guy. That's that's MVP stuff right there. You can't you can't uh, I, can't I get it any better. I agree.
1: All right, so that one was easy. Now. Let's go over to defensive player of the year. Who to you was the defensive player of the year?
0: So uh, I'll tell you who my defensive player of the year, I'll tell you is Gregory. He to okay. me is the, the, the defensive player of the year. And I was going to go with one of the fullbacks. Uh, I felt like a I lot was probably of people good. kill
1: Gregory because he fouls so much. I think he might've led the league in, in in fouls. And I have to look oh, that up. Oh, for sure. Probably, but probably I know, did. And, and I love when players play like that, by the way. So but I know he was either third or
0: fourth in the league in tackles in the regular season. Yeah. So mm-hmm.
1: he's he's aggressive, but he wins the ball.
0: Yeah, he wins the ball. He's very aggressive. And to me, the one thing that stands out uh, as far as his play is because of his aggression. He's not scared to sort of tangle with the players. And, and he does win a lot of balls. I was going to go in Mota, but... I think Gregory deserves it because he really pushes the envelope in terms of his aggression and the way that he uh the way that he approaches the situations when he's defending. That's one player that in every replay when the team is transitioning, you see him running full speed to get back on defense. And not many people do that. Some people jog down. Some people take their time, they're reserving their energy. But he is on full tilt 90-plus minutes almost every game that he plays. So
1: you're going Gregory?
0: Yeah, I'm going Gregory.
1: All right. I'm going to go Chris McVay for a couple reasons. One, he played just about every game. Two, he was versatile. Even though I didn't like him at left back, I prefer having – He was out there playing left back, and when they wanted him to play center back, he went in, he played center back. He was versatile. He was always available. And and I think for that reason, he was – uh, an integral part in this defense. So to me, Chris McVay is the defensive player of the year for this team.
0: I could see that because obviously you have Gibbs, who's inconsistent. You have Noah Allen, who's too young, not experienced enough. So I-, I can agree with that. I think that's a that's a good pick. You know, he came in at the right time. Of course, it was, it's a good pick. yeah, it was necessary. So I-, I can agree with that. I can agree with that.
1: All right, next award. Most overrated player on the team.
0: You tell me who you think.
1: All right. The problem with this is that the player that I have in mind, I think is overrated, but some people might not even rate him at all, but I still think he's overrated. And that's Indiana Vasilev.
0: Your hatred. Indiana
1: Vasilev is the most overrated player on the team to me by far. Everybody enjoys when he comes into the game. I don't know why. He doesn't do anything. He starts <laughs> a lot of games. I don't know why. He doesn't do anything. To me, I uh, yes, I, I'm no. I don't know him personally, so I can't say I don't like the guy. But as a player, I dislike him on the team. I, I do not like him. And he, like I said, he might not even be rated at all. If you talk to anybody that's not an Inter Miami fan, they probably have no idea who he is. But to me, he's the most overrated player on this team. Two big goals, Papa. I mean. Those are two big goals, yes, but you can't keep clinging on to that. He played over a 1,000 <laughs> minutes, and those are the only two goals he scored all year.
0: I think he's good. I think he probably has a resume written down, so when he sees other teams, he's like, hey, look at my look resume, at these
1: buddy. He won player of the week that week, too. He did.
0: I thought they were going to come out with, like, a silver card for his ass. I said, let me get that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I He's, he's a good pick, but you know who's even better of a pick for the most overrated player to wear an inner Miami jersey this year? I mean, he Emerson Rodriguez. He, but no way, shape, or form. This mm-hmm. player that I'm picking, first of all, barely even wore the jersey. Okay. Oh, I know who this, you guy, this guy, this guy is sitting somewhere washing dishes as we speak. Uh, Coco, Coco Jean, to me, the thing is, is that he had a lot of hype. There was a lot of hype. There was no him. hype behind him. There was. Look, it got oh, overshadowed. God. It got overshadowed by Pozuelo, But everybody's like, "Ooh, look at this French guy, Coco Jean. Oh, he did so good. Blah blah blah. He, he could play wing. He could play midfield. He could play striker. He could do this." I said, "Oh man, we got ourselves, we got ourselves like a Superman. This guy comes over." He's walking onto he the field. Injured. He, he walks. On, he walks onto the field, breaks his ankles or whatever. <laughs> then he gets back into back into form, plays four and a half minutes, and then gets injured. I don't know where. I don't know if we'll he was get walking used to out. him
1: because we have him on the contract until twenty twenty four. So get I used to
0: him. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know if he got injured walking in Aventura mall or wherever they whatever they do in Broward County over there. Um, all I know is that Coco Jean, to me, most overrated player, even though he got outshined by Bosuelo in the transaction time, mm-hmm. get that guy out of here. Bargain bin him out of here. Are, are there any honorable mentions? For most overrated player other than yeah. Coco Jean? Other than Coco Jean. Uh, I, I don't have one immediately come to mind because Coco Jean is just so overrated. Okay. I imagine you do. Who 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 do you think?
1: To me, honorable mention as most overrated, Lassiter.
0: I get think out of I, here.
1: I get out I'm of here. Turn your camera
0: off. Turn your microphone off. Get <laughs> out of here.
1: I think he's a bit overrated. I do. He's fast. He can't finish. I I don't know. I to me he's a bit overrated. I, I could do without Lassiter.
0: Look. He's a very good player. He's an efficient player. He's Mm going to get the job done.
1: That's the problem. He doesn't get the job done. You know what he does very well? He manages to hit defenders when there's an open goal. Like, there's one single defender that's not the goalie, so they cannot use their arms, but he manages to hit the defender in the upper body or the face regardless. Like, I, like I've said this before. If you attempt to do that on purpose, you probably fail. But he manages to do it unconsciously. He just can't finish. I am not a big Lasseter fan.
0: You're done. Get out of here. Again, but he Next. wasn't number
1: one. Honorable mention.
0: Next All trophy, right. guy. Let's go.
1: Most underrated Inter-Miami player, sir.
0: Okay, so let me go with this one. So I'll start it off. And I think we might be on the same page. Maybe you might have someone else picked, but I'm going to say Bryce Duke. I'm going to say Bryce Duke is is the most underrated player. Why? Because I feel like he hasn't had the best opportunities to shine, to to sort of show off his skill. I mean, he did get a lot more minutes before Posuelo came on, granted. Mm -hmm. Uh, But again, you have Bryce Duke, who is – sort of doing a lot better with a a sort of midfield-minded strategy. But the the minutes that he was getting, the higher minutes, was when the team was strategizing to work the wings. So now that you have Bryce Duke finally meshing with a player like Pozuelo, I think that it's going to work wonders for him. Last year, I feel like he didn't get his shine, especially on a wing-based offense. So I feel like Bryce Duke was probably the most underrated player uh, on Inter Miami.
1: His contract is up, so no guarantee that he's coming back.
0: Oh, they got to sign him. Dotted line. Let's go. Come on, Dookie.
1: All right. My most underrated player this year, I think, is Robert Taylor. I don't know why, but he goes so overlooked. Nobody talks about him. And I feel like he's – with the ball at his feet, I think he's probably – Top three most talented on the team. I yeah, I honestly, and I'd venture to say number one, but maybe maybe I'm wrong. But I, to me, I, I've called it since we started this podcast. I've said yeah. he's name our light. To me, he's name our light. I love Robert Taylor. I love him out on the wings. They constantly have him playing wing back for some reason, so he has to get back on defense, but he's doing that also. To me, Robert Taylor doesn't get the shine that he deserves. I think Robert Taylor is by far the most underrated player on this team.
0: Well, I, I agree
1: Uh Uh-huh, you were saying? I was going to say that my honorable mention was going to be Bryce Duke because I don't think he sees the field enough, even though he's one of the most talented players on the team.
0: Well, and I'll tell you this much. I've been watching stories on Instagram of the players, and I think that Taylor is the only one that's actually played some soccer on the offseason so far. So I give him a ton of credit for that.
1: Just because it doesn't happen on social media doesn't mean it's not happening.
0: Get out of here. Everybody needs to get on the field in practice, this is coach speed, but
1: but they might be doing it, that's what I'm saying. Just because they don't they post it doesn't be. mean it's not happening.
0: Get out there, record it. I want to see it now.
1: All right, the next award is Hope to Never See You Again. Oh man, so who is the I Hope to Never See You Again award going to, Chris?
0: Get out of here, Coco. Oh, get God. out of here. Jeez. I'm done with you. You're making Two of the worst categories for me, my friend, okay? Peace out. Sayonara. Uh, get out of here, okay? You're done.
1: Well, he's on the contract, so you're going to have to see him again.
0: Yeah, unfortunately. I mean
1: t- – Well, again, I guess much like you, I guess I should have just made this into one category. The most Yeah, obeying. we should have. We should have. I mean, here comes the Indiana. Indiana. Vasilev, he is actually a free agent. So he is actually free to go, and I hope that we don't bring him back because I hope to never see him again.
0: That's just just how I feel. So you're now, hoping they, are hoping right. you're hoping they don't sign the dotted line with Vasilev? right? And Robbie that Robinson, would be catastrophic.
1: Robbie Robinson's out on loan, but his contract's also up this year. So he can get out of here him. too. Yeah, he, he's made out of glass. He's like paper mache. So like, I'm good with him not coming back either. Like not because of his skill, but because he's never available, and availability is the most important ability.
0: Well, and I'll tell you what I noticed in the beginning couple games when Robinson was playing, mm-hmm. he has a very sort of selfish vibe to him, from what I've seen. Like when he scores, when he does these like fancy stuff, I do. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm reading it wrong because he, he he does. He's very skilled. I, I can't I can't take that away from him. But mm-hmm. at least from my perspective, it does seem like he's just, like, about me, me, me. And maybe he just learned that from Higuain, but I don't know. <laughs> who knows at this point. I, I, don't,
1: I don't know. I can't comment on that because, I mean, I haven't gotten that vibe, and I haven't That's seen anything to make me think that, but
0: maybe. Um, I mean, maybe. They're both they're both me, 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 and they get their knees blown out for half a season.
1: Higuain was out for three games, man.
0: Listen, you, you say out for three games. He almost got his knee destroyed. I mean – I don't know. I'm not a doctor, so.
1: Now, I'm going to put out there the Please Come Back Award. Now, I'm going to name to you the players that's contracts are up, all right? And you tell me who you want to come back. I'm going to start with Pozuelo, but you can't choose Pozuelo because that's the obvious choice.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: Campana has already re-signed, so we can't use yes. Campana. So here uh-huh. go the rest. Yeah. Jovin Jones, Indiana Vasilev. Robbie Robinson, he's already loaned out to Spain. Breck Shea. Drake Callender, Bryce Duke, uh, Ryan Saylor, and Felipe Valencia. Edison Ascona. Yeah, Edison Ascona, but uh, yeah, Edison Ascona. I mean, look,
0: he he he's Dominican, Diablo. Come on, man. Uh, you know I who I'm gonna go with? I think Ascona got loaned out into Spain, also. You know who I'll go with? I mean, the obvious is the obvious is gonna be Bryce Duke, right? I mean okay. With, with Drake Callender being 1B, uh, Drake Callender was actually going to be my first choice. I mean, I think it's a no-brainer to bring Bryce Duke back. And at this point with Drake, he has shown that he has the capability of being your number one goalie. Um, so I'm going to go with Bryce Duke with Drake Callender being a 1B.
1: Are, do you want Breck Shea back?
0: I don't know, man. I mean, he's an older player. I mean, he has experience. Right? I've
1: never been a big Breck Shea guy, but a lot of people love Breck Shea. Yeah,
0: they do. Yeah, and he's slow yeah, as hell.
1: And he and he's you know, and he's had some some clutch goals, um, in he prior has. seasons. I remember he won a game for us in Cincinnati. I think I want to say at death. Um, but I've never been a big Breck Shea guy.
0: Well, well, you know who won us a goal uh, as a defender was uh, your boy McVeigh. He won us. He won us a game last minute as well. I mean, yes. the, the one thing I'll give credit to for Breck Shea, uh, same thing with Gibbs. They're both more offensive-minded uh, uh, defenders. So mm-hmm. those are people that you can definitely rely on. Oh, to th- sort they're of try- wings.
1: Wait, wait, I mean, yeah. wings a lot of times contribute on the offensive end.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, at least for me, I'm going with Duke and Calendar. Oh. All right.
1: So um, this year coming up, we have – Nick Marsman, Andre Callender, Let's say Dre Callender comes back, which we just assume that he will. Yeah. Do you think Dre Callender holds down his spot? I mean, he was he was a candidate for goalie of the year. So, is he going to keep his spot as a starter?
0: I would believe so. I, I I would believe so. I mean, I don't know how far Nick Mar. I think Nick Marsman is is under contract until next year. So, if there is any sort of time, I guess to sort of play around and see who wants the job more. I guess this would be the year, but in my opinion, I mean, I, I would, I would assume that the ownership and and the coaches and staff, they're looking at Drake Callender and they're saying this is this is the guy of our future, you know.
1: And how happy are you with the def- with the defense on this for this year? Because this the this the defense this year was porous. Damian Lowe and Mabika back there. Look, I I appreciate Mabika because I think he comes off as a really nice guy.
0: Yeah, very positive minded.
1: Right, but I'm just not a fan of him playing. So, I I don't mind him being like a backup because I think he can contribute when he comes in late in games or, you know, somebody's injured, somebody has a red card, whatever reason he ha- he has to come in as the as the backup to fill it. I'm good with that. But I don't want him to be the everyday starter. That's just I I do I don't like him in that position. And Damian Lowe Damian Lowe, to me, was up and down. Like, he had good games. He had bad games. After that Orlando yeah, yeah. game, we had that own goal. I think there was like a month after that where he just looked horrible. But then he picked yeah. it up again. So he's not consistent enough, in my opinion. I think we might need to go out and find maybe one or two new cornerbacks, uh, centerbacks, and yeah. uh or maybe give Robert Saylor a, a more consistent chance cuz Robert Saylor was young i thought he he played pretty well i want to see Robert Sailor over Mabika
0: i think i agree with sailor uh getting some more playing time to sort of prove himself to get into this defense because when he did get on the field he wasn't too bad i mean i think that the defense and especially for a coach like Phil Neville who played uh on the defensive line the def- the, the back line uh mm-hmm. For for someone like him, he probably sees this and he's chomping at the bit because he knows that there's people tussling for spots back there. And you're talking yeah. about four spots. I mean, Yedlin's for sure a guaranteed right back, but there's essentially three other positions that are up for grabs on this uh, on this coming season. So I'm looking forward to it because we got options, right? We got uh, we got Neville. Uh, you know, his son is also an option, which you know, whatever. You know Noah Allen. We got to free him, put him out there, and then we got three, four other guys that could be fighting for, you know, the center back positions. If not, maybe the the left back position. So that's gonna be cool.
1: We scored forty seven goals this season. Yeah. Now I know you know who the leading goal scorer was, right?
0: Yeah, of course, the MVP. <laughs>
1: And then we have – second was Campana. If I were to ask you who the third was, could you tell me off the top of your head what you think the third person was?
0: Uh, The third person was probably Mota. No. It was Lasseter.
1: So we had Iguain lead the team with 16 goals, Campana with 12, and then we had Lasseter with six. After that, nobody had more than – I'm not a fan. He should have had 12. After that, we um, don't have anybody over three goals. So we have Lassiter had six. We had Mota had three. Robert Taylor had three. Bosuelo had two. Emerson Rodriguez had two. What a miracle.
0: I mean, he should have had like
1: nine. Indiana Vasilev had two in a span of ten minutes. (laughs) Uh, then you have Robbie Robinson had two, McVay had one, Damian Lowe had one, and Bryce Duke had one, which was basically a tap-in. Yeah. So, Because Bryce Duke is really bad in the box, but I love him outside the box. So we need more protection out of the rest of the team. I, I think Messi's going to bring that when he gets here. <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> Look at this guy signing Messi already.
1: Um, but, yeah, I mean – this year, I, I I I'm looking forward to see what this team looks like with Pozuelo there from the beginning of the year. Posuelo has to resign. He loves it here in Miami. I think he earned his money, so I think he's gonna take one of those DP spots. Now with Pizarro coming back, I would assume he's gonna get bought out because you're allowed to buy out one person per year. So he's gonna. I would I would assume and I would hope that if he wasn't able to start. For, I forget Monterrey. I think it was in the Mexican team that he was playing for. Yeah, he wasn't even starting for them. If he couldn't start for them, no way do we waste a DP spot on him. We There's have to buy him out.
0: Absolutely not. Get this guy out of here on a one-day shipping.
1: So we have to we have to buy him out and free up as much money as we can for two DP spots because Posuelo going to take one of those. Campana signed for a young DP, right? The the under twenty two yeah. initiative or something like that. So. We have those two locked in. We have two DP spots. Hopefully, they're going to be open. And with this whole Apple contract that MLS has, maybe we'll have three DP spots that are open because we Let's might so. they might give a four DP spots for every team. And we're going to get into that whole Apple thing next week.
0: Yeah, we're going to touch that for sure.
1: So the future looks not that bad. I mean, I feel like we have a nice core in, in the midfield. We have... Pozuelo hopefully coming back. We have Campana up top. I mean, I, th- I think we're looking pretty, pretty nice. Well, what are you looking for in, in this coming year or this coming off season?
0: Well, what I'm looking forward to in the offseason is is to see who we end up getting in those DP spots. I mean, here we are. We're losing out on on Iguain. He's retiring, right? Okay. Uh, we we still got uh, we still got some holes in our defense. I feel like we're very comfortable in our midfield. And our defense needs to improve drastically, and we need just the right piece in in the final third. Wow, I cannot believe I just said that football phrase. Uh, <laughs> and so we're gonna. I, I think come those a long are the, way from episode number yeah, one. I have come a long way for sure. Let me tell you, from episode one, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, but that's that's where I think that we're really gonna be focusing on. We're gonna need a, a, a strong strong set of players in our defensive. And and then we need that one or two players that's going to help us in, in putting more balls in the back of the net. But now, as far as game, like what, what are you what are you looking forward to at the end of this? At the end of the day, well,
1: be, before you before we, I give you that answer. Do you think Campana can fill in the shoes that Ekwine is leaving behind the second half? Right, comeback player of the year, Ekwine. Yeah,
0: like can he fill those shoes? I think he can. I mean, look, he he the problem is is seeing him with Pozuelo, right? What are we gonna get? Bozuelo but Pozuelo plays a very patient sort of attack where he leads the blo- like leads the, the, the striker and he understands the pace that Iguain works in. You could tell that there were a lot of times when he was trying to lead players that are a little faster. Mm -hmm. Sometimes if they didn't have good touch, they wouldn't put themselves in good position like Lasseter, like Emerson, like possibly Campana. And so that's some of the things, some of the kinks that they're going to have to work out on. Um, You know, that's just my perspective on those things.
1: Well, I also think that he can fill in those shoes, but I do think you need a backup striker at some point. Um, Maybe Coco Jean can be that guy. We'll have to just wait and see i doubt it i i but this off season i'm interested what to do with the back line i want to see what they do with the center back position because like i said i don't like mabika starting robert taylor uh, not robert taylor robert sailor um i don't even know if his first name is robert i'm blanking right now well sailor i thought he did a pretty good job this year but i i would like to see that center back position addressed and um Honestly, I, I kind of, I'm hoping that they they announce that Noah Allen is going to be moved up. If you I can bring see. Noah Allen up to play left back and you can move McVay into center back, I think all we need is one good center back and we have a good defensive back, back line. So I'm looking forward to see what they do with the defense. Uh, I'm looking forward to see what DPs we sign, obviously. That's always the fun part, seeing what big names we bring yeah. in. Um, but well, that's basically it.
0: Well and 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 we're looking forward and and I know in one of, in a couple of the episodes coming up we're definitely going to be looking forward into what's going to be the expectations some of the players but now let's take a look back right let's look back at this season real quick and mm-hmm. what do you think was the best game of the year this year for Inter Miami
1: I think there's a very easy answer and you might go with that one so I'm not going to say it I'm going to wait because I have a feeling that you're going to – there's a very like, straightforward answer. I'm going to say the NYCFC game here in Miami. I thought it was really entertaining the way we went back and forth. I yeah. thought that was Pozuelo's coming out party. I think he had the best image of the year when he scored that, that game-winning goal. Yes. and He ran to the sideline, took off his shirt, started yelling in the crowd. To me, I think that was my favorite moment as far as how I felt When I was watching it, because at that point, even though NYCFC had had lost Dati already and whatnot, they were still the defending champs. I I felt like it was a coming out party for Pozuelo to show that he was the guy. And to me, that was my favorite memory of the year. Outside of the obvious one, which I'm I'm sure you're probably going to choose.
0: Yes, I am. And I am going to pick it. It was more recent. And it was domination from the get. Mm-hmm. The same game that you're thinking about against yep. Orlando, where we won. That's the four obvious choice to one. It is. It is. I was actually gonna go with the game when we played against uh, Columbus Crew, that we actually we actually won, which were a couple weeks before that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the feeling that that you get from that first goal within the first minute. I mean, that there's nothing better than that. You literally, especially dis- when
1: it's such a big game.
0: Yes. Yes. Like
1: because that the, the- we knew if we win, we're probably in the playoffs. So that energy in that stadium was already there. The yes. stadium was packed and it was like yeah. a Tuesday or Wednesday. The stadium yeah. was packed. Everybody was anticipating the game. And then to start off like that in under a minute, oh. the stadium was electric that entire 90 minutes. Yes. And it was just an ass kicking. So by far, that is the best game of the year. But the NYCFC one is also a good one. I felt like that's an honorable mention because yeah. I felt like you everybody knew that Orlando is by far the best game of the year. So, yeah. to that end, what do you, what to you was the worst memory of the year?
0: Well, I think you might know where I'm going to go with this because earlier we had worst game, but worst game and worst memory to me are the same thing. We didn't have was, worst game, but oh, go ahead. And And – The worst memory of the year, worst game of the year, was against Cincinnati. And you know I hate that team. And that (laughs) red-faced goalie looking back at us because Mm -hmm. he tied the freaking game. Like, dude, get over yourself. You might not even be on that team next year. Okay, guy? And so that, to me, when we tied 4-4 with so many goals scored – now, yeah, it I was, was a back-and-forth game. game. That was actually yeah. one of the most entertaining games that i That was. Actually, that was a very entertaining game. Yeah, that I've seen in person. But as far as the worst memory, that was it. His face.
1: And Pozuelo had a, a goal called back on him for offside, which wasn't offside. Yes. And we w- we should have won that game because yes, at that point, have. we would have gone 4-1. to We would have gone up 4-1. And yeah. if we win that game, we end up with the fifth seed. We end up playing against the Red Bulls, I believe, and in destroyed. the first. And we, we would have destroyed them. Because the Red yeah. Bulls was by far the worst home team in the league, at least, at, because, at least in the playoffs. So yeah. I, I think we would have won that game. Um, but, you know, it, it's funny how just one call can change a lot of stuff in the season.
0: And and the worst part is, is we would have destroyed them and Morgan would have still gotten injured after a goal, after dancing and celebrating. <laughs> so we still would have won. We would have gone on to the next uh, next uh, series. But, yeah, that game to me and, – and, and I talked about it a lot in the podcast. That game was going to be huge. It was going to be huge.
1: Well, there's another one that not, – not my worst memory of the year, but another negative moment in the year was Pozuelo's boot to the face. Remember yeah. when he Kevin Nash, that guy?
0: Yes, And we did. ended up
1: – we were going to win that game. And then once he got kicked out the game with the red card – yeah. Everything went downhill from there, and yeah. that was another one. I felt like we we got we lost three points on that one. Um, yeah. To me, my worst memory of the year, to, and by far for me, was that own goal by Damian Love oh,
0: in Orlando. Yeah, that was rough. That was rough. That
1: was a, a really rough game to watch. Period. It was zero zero, and then they ended up getting three points in the win, and they weren't even able to score themselves. We had to score yeah. for them. That yeah. was so frustrating. And Damien Lowe, at that point, had played such a great game, which made it even worse because I remember thinking to myself, I was like, man, this guy is playing really good. Like, he's really turned it around. He's balling. And for him to be the one to give up that goal, while I'm literally thinking he's the man of the match right before then, was really rough. And to me, that was by far the worst memory of the year for me personally.
0: Well, it's it's a 1B for me, too, because I'm sitting in the middle of a hotel in Legoland. Oh, that's right. You well, in Orlando. <laughs> yes. I was in Orlando and mm-hmm. I couldn't even watch the game on local TV because Orlando just sucks. So I had to find ways to watch the game on my phone. And to see that last minute goal, I swear to God, I wanted to go into Legoland land and punch Peppa Pig in the face. <laughs> I was, I was furious.
1: Yeah. That was a rough one. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's all I got for awards and all that. Do you have absolutely anything else that you want to talk about this past season? Because it was a fun season. It was your first full season watching soccer. Yeah. And um, anything else you want to get? Well, one thing we need to bring up. Yeah. We can't play like we did this year as yeah. far as starting slow and relying on scoring late to win. It's fun to watch. Oh, yeah. Because the emotion of scoring a late goal to win is, is amazing. But we can't keep playing like that. No, we we can't. We're playing with fire. Right. Exactly. We're playing with fire. You can't win like that, especially not in the playoffs. So you need to to, to start hot. Like, we waited until – I wish I would have looked it up before this, but I don't know how many goals we scored after the 80th minute. I know we led the league, but I'm not sure exactly how many it was. And we can't rely on that next year. Like you said, we're playing with fire in that case.
0: And, and that's that's definitely a strategy that's I mean I don't even know if it's a strategy it's, it's, not, it's just,
1: not a strategy yeah
0: it's just a, it's just a way that the team is playing they're just not picking up the pace early enough um or, or, or they they're just not I don't think that they're I don't know I mean it could be a number of things but that's one thing that definitely does have to change and and my perspective on the season look I'm gonna tell all the people that I know soccer fans or not they need to go out and support their local soccer team. I think it was a phenomenal experience, not just from a from an aspect of a sports viewing uh, experience, but just from an ambiance perspective, from 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 being able to do something a little bit out of your comfort zone. I thought it was amazing. I recommend it to people who love soccer, who don't love soccer. Um, You know, I I look forward to the next season for sure, no matter what.
1: Now that you brought up uh, supporting your team, I, I, I we were about to end the episode. Yeah, but I'm gonna throw a random new topic in there that you're that you weren't prepared for because I just, just thought throw of it. it. in there. But I, I need to discuss this because we have a group chat, and it was discussed there, and I was the odd man out for some reason. So I need to put <laughs> it out in the ether to see what it is that other people think. Messi, hey, I say. Getting Messi would be an amazing move for several reasons. Now, there's a lot of rumblings, again, about Messi coming. I'm never going to believe it until he's finally holding up that jersey and he signs that contract. But we were talking to some people on our group chat, and they said they don't want Messi. Yeah, They said they don't want Messi because they don't want fake fans jumping on the bandwagon. I think that's one of the most idiotic things I've ever heard because I'd rather have fake fans filling that stadium. Actually... There could be cardboard cutouts filling the stadium. I just want a full stadium. <laughs> I don't care if they are fake fans. Fake fans can eventually become real fans if they start enjoying the product. Just get them in there so that they watch the product and see that it's not as bad as a lot of people think. But let's get the fans in there. I think saying that they don't want Messi because they don't want the, the fake fans to, to jump in. I think it's I think it's ridiculous, honestly. You know what well, it's like? It's like people that like underground uh, rock bands or underground rappers. As soon as they go mainstream, they're like, ah, oh, they're not the same. I don't like them. Everybody likes them. They're not the same. I used to like them when they were underground. Like it's stupid. Like well, I, don't, that, I don't
0: get it. Well, that that there is complete. First of all, I don't know. Oh,
1: I, I went there because I know that that that, that tugs that at your heart a little. Stings me. Yes, I yes.
0: I still mm-hmm. listen to '90s hip hop. Mm-hmm. Go f yourself. And. <laughs> One thing I could tell you that I do agree with, especially with the people that mentioned it in our group chat, is I do agree with the fact of being able to sort of build your team without big names, and it makes it more prideful, I guess, to follow. I I, you have to understand that that it's always cool. I mean, look, look at the Detroit Pistons when they won the when they won the championship against the Heat. They literally were the team that were built from the ground up picked up and how many Wallace. championships did they win they won one and it was a beautiful one against the Miami that's heat. fine
1: that's fine and the heat built a super team
0: and in four years how many did they win but now that's the thing that's how many you, did they win look but that's how many that's, did they win they won i think three two two, two. so but that's and, the thing and, is and, that, and that's basketball let's talk soccer
1: you have two examples right now. This weekend is the final for the MLS final, right? Yeah, you got Austin and LAFC. LAFC and we have Philly. Those are the two teams in the final. Oh, yeah. Final, right? yeah, that's right, Philly. And it's like the perfect representation to what we're talking about right now. You have LAFC, which just started signing just about everybody. I don't know how many rules they've broken. They haven't been announced yet, but I am 100% that they broke a million rules. And then you have Philly, who's built from the ground up. They don't have any big names. They just have solid players, and they've they just built the right way. Yeah, Philly has been around for like 10 plus years and just got to the finals for the first time after building correctly, slowly.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, LAFC has been around, I think this is their fourth season. Just signed a bunch of names, they're in the final. Yeah, which route do you think I would take?
0: I mean, obviously, you take the LAFC route.
1: I'm taking the LAFC route. Give me all the stars, give me all the names. If they can win me games, and everybody's like, Oh, but Gareth Bale, yeah, he's a big name, but he's not even playing for them. If Gareth Bale is your fourth-best wing, sign me up. Yeah. Because if he yeah, was on our yeah. team, he would be number one or two. Yes, he so, would. So I, I don't get it. I, I'm all for signing the big names. And I'm if you say that they're going to be fake fans because they're just coming out to watch Messi, let them come out to watch Messi. Who cares? Well,
0: just get Bale, them in the
1: seats. They'll, they'll eventually become real fans.
0: Bale would be two behind one Messi. Exactly that for yeah.
1: sure. So I'm all for building quickly with big names. I don't care, and and the the rationale of I don't want fake fans to come support the team. Man, I want everybody to support this team. I don't care oh, if you're a course. real fan, cardboard cutout. You put uh, take your pet to the game, and we just fill it up with half the shih tzus yeah. and and rock wall. I don't <laughs> care. Like just give me people or living objects in the stadium.
0: Yes, yes, and fill it up. Full stadium, Fill it up. not one seat available. That's what I want. They should put those. They should put those uh, wiggling arm tube men outside of dealerships. And,
1: and, and Messi would bring real human beings to come watch. Yes, him. he would. When Argentina plays against, I think it was Honduras. Yes, I promise you. Anybody else comes to play against Honduras outside of maybe Hondurians, nobody else is going to come watch that game. Yeah, or yeah, whatever yeah. other is playing against them. But when Messi's coming. Everybody, everybody's showing because it. he is literally most people consider him. And I'd say most, even though I want to say all, but I know a lot of people go against the grain, the greatest soccer player of all time. If yeah. you have a chance to come watch the greatest soccer player of all time, you take that chance. Oh, If for he's sure. here playing 17 home games, people are going to come watch, fill up that stadium. We take yeah. that. Why not?
0: Yeah, yeah for so sure. So again. No.
1: No, no, don't say for sure because you and I you agree. We're coming at me about, no, oh, no I want to, I want to build the right way. Detroit Pistons.
0: Uh, uh. I mean, look, I agree with his, with his view on building that way, but I also understand the fact that, Hey, it's not that bad of an idea to build quickly with big names. I'll take a messy any day of the week, but do I, I would think have
1: told you Messi would have been in our team last season. But you would have had the stadium full of people who were wearing Barcelona jerseys instead of inter Miami jerseys. Would you have signed up for that anyway?
0: If you take Coco Jean off the team, I'd sign up for it. (laughs) And Emerson Mm -hmm. has to wing on the side.
1: I I think you would have signed up for it. Just about every Inter Miami fan would have signed up for it because, because you just want a nice full stadium that makes noise, you want your team to be supported, and you want to win. And Adding Messi at the level that he's playing, I promise you, it's it's more good than bad.
0: Yeah, for sure. I I, I do agree with that. I think it's it's going to be the best play no matter what to sign Messi. I mean, look is it the is it the long play? No, of course not. It's it's get him win now. So yeah, I
1: mean, it, it, I think if you get him like they're saying, possibly next season, next summer, it's a two to two to three year window.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So I, I'm good
0: with that. Yeah, I'm good with that, too. Get that paper. Get that pen. Sign on the dotted line. Messi, where you at? Stop slacking, boy.
1: I like it. Anything else before we head out of here?
0: It's time to head out. Next week is another episode. Wait for us, bitches. And after next
1: week, we're going to start jumping in headfirst into the World Cup. We're going to do some battered Heron slash U.S. Men's National Team World Cup coverage whatever you want to refer to it as. I'm excited. It's every four years. And like I said, you haven't experienced the, the rush that it is to, to support your your country. And just watching World Cup soccer is just fun, man.
0: Yeah. I mean, I watched it a couple of years ago. But, guys, prepárate, café en mano y dale.
1: <laughs> i catch you guys next week. Thanks Peace. for listening.